Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Martin Cohen, and today we're going to study material found on page 66 in Tractate Pesachim. We often think of antiquity as a monolithic block. We think of the sages of ancient times as everybody knowing everything and simply moving forward from generation to generation, handing off the information so that it not be forgotten. But of course, that doesn't correspond to reality. There were different sorts of people, things were forgotten, things were worked through, things were developed. Uh, Rabbinic Judaism in ancient times was a developmental process that eventually took the state in which it was bequeathed to later generations, but only over many years, and in fact over centuries. The Gemara on this page presents an interesting story about how that worked. Whether it's idealized or historically accurate exactly, that none of us can know. But the story itself is very interesting, and there's lots to learn from it. The story takes the form of a baraita, a teaching from the age of the Tanaim, whose messages were recorded in the Mishnah, but this particular lesson is not from the Mishnah, that's why it's called a baraita, an outside teaching. In this baraita, it says, It once happened that the precise laws that applied when Erev Pesach fall on Shabbat, those laws became forgotten even from the greatest sages of the generation called here the Bnei Betera. Pamachar chal arba'a asar lahiyot b'shabbat, shachachu v'lo yadu em pesach tochet shabbat im lav. One year it happened that the 14th of Nisan, Erev Pesach, fell on Shabbat, and the leaders of the Jewish people in that generation, called the sons of Betera, they couldn't recall whether the laws that governed the slaughter of the Zevach Pesach overrode Shabbat or not. They said, Klum yeshadam shiodea im Pesach docheta Shabbat im lav. They said, is there no one here who who, do, who knows whether the, the, the obligation to slaughter the Korban Pesach overrides the normal regulations that require rest on Shabbat? Amrulahem, it was said to them, Adam echad yeshalah mi bavel. There is a man who has recently come to Israel from Babylonia, from what we modern people call Iraq, and his name is Hillel the Babylonian. And he was famous in his day for having been the student once of the two great sages of his generation, or of the generation when he was a young man, Shemaiah and Avtalion. And he would surely know whether the Zevach Pesach overrides the laws of Shabbat or not. They called and they and they asked him. They asked him, Do you know whether the laws of Pesach override the laws of Shabbat? Amar lahem, Vechi Pesach Echad Yesh Lanu B'Shana Shadocheta Shabbat. 
He said, you're concerned specifically about this Pesach offering that, that seems to require being offered on, Erev, on, on Shabbat. There are more than 200 so-called Pesach offerings that are offered up on Shabbat in the course of the year. Of course, he didn't mean that literally. There's only one Pesach offering. But he meant that every Shabbat of the year, there's a, there are two Tamid offerings. There's the Musaf offering. On the Shabbatot that fall during Pesach and Sukkot, there are many, many extra offerings. And so, in the course of a year, there are hundreds of sacrifices that are offered on Shabbat, and the Pesach is only one more of them. So, he implied, a bit sarcastically, by phrasing himself in the way he did, why would you suddenly think that perhaps we shouldn't offer up Zevach Pesach merely because it is uh, incumbent upon us to do that on Shabbat? They were a bit wary. Amrulo, they said to him, Minayan lecha, how do you know that exactly? And his response to them was this, Ne'amar mo'ado Pesach when the Torah turns to the laws governing the Pesach offering, it says that it must be sacrificed bimo ado, meaning at its appointed time. Vinemar moado betamid, and the same word moado at its appointed time is used when the Torah teaches the laws that govern the daily tamid sacrifice. Ma moado amor betamid docheta Shabbat, af moado amor bepesach docheta Shabbat, and so we learn that the Torah, by using the same term, this technique is called Gezerah Shavah, the use of the same word in different contexts to teach a commonality between two sets of laws, the fact that the Torah uses the same word in both places means very clearly to teach us that in the same way that the offering of the Tamid overrides Shabbat, the offering of the daily sacrifice on Saturdays overrides the laws of Shabbat rest, so the Pesach too overrides the laws of Shabbat. And he goes on to explain that he can prove it even a different way if that Gezerah Shavah is not satisfying enough. And that's with a different technique called Kal V'chomer. Kal V'chomer is a technique of logic whereby a, a stringency that applies to a less significant law is presumed also to apply to a more stringent law. In other words, if something is permitted when the context, if something is forbidden when the context is less important, surely it would also be forbidden in the more strict context. So it goes like this. That means this. If the Tamid offering, with, regarding which negligence is not punishable with karet, which we usually understand to be death at the hands of heaven, then surely, if such a sacrifice overrides Shabbat, then surely the Pesach, the non-conformance with which, the non-performance of which, actually does involve the perform the punishment of karet, of death at the hands of heaven for those who are lax in its regard. If it does require that kind of serious punishment, doesn't it make sense that it too would override the Shabbat restrictions, just like the tamid? They were so impressed by the the depth of this reasoning and by the impressive way that Hillel could answer instantly such an abstruse, complicated question. Miyad Hoshivuhu Barosh. They immediately appointed him at their head. Uminuhu Nasi Alehem. And they made him the Nasi, the, the head of the Jewish community in Roman Palestine. Vayadoresh Kolayom Kulobihilchot Pesach. In celebration whereof, he spent the entire rest of the day teaching the laws of Pesach.
The Baraita then goes on in a very interesting way, but I won't uh, continue here because I've already taken up enough time. From this uh, first part of the Baraita, there's an interesting lesson to learn. So many of the questions that we face in life are vexing. They're confusing. It's, it's hard to know what the answer is. We study, we ruminate, we worry about it. We try to figure out what possibly the, the correct halakha could be, or if it's an emotional or philosophical issue, what the correct way for a Jewish person to conduct him or herself or to believe would be. We often look within. But this Baraita is saying that sometimes you, the correct procedure is to also look without to look around, to wonder if there might not be in your ambit somebody who knows the answer, somebody whom you overlooked before, someone who comes from a distant place, someone who appears to you to be not that likely to know too much, but whom you've never actually asked. Because often if you, if you look around and you see people who are simply present in your life, but whom you've never thought to consider that they might have answers that have eluded you to this point in your life, Perhaps merely by asking them, you'll find out that they are far more intelligent than you thought, far more learned than you thought, thought, far more able to, to get to the heart of a matter that you yourself find too perplexing to, to unravel, but which, which because of their own native intelligence, they find simple to understand. Perhaps the best lesson to take from this Baraita, aside from learning that the laws of Pesach override Shabbat, is that sometimes when we're facing complicated, difficult questions, the best path in life is to look around and to ask ourselves, who, who among those whom we already know have we failed to this point to take sufficiently seriously to ask our questions and to see if they themselves might have good answers? Thanks very much. Goodbye. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.